Hey listeners, this week we've got an awesome episode for you featuring one of our close friends and colleagues, Dr. Allison Heffron of Adjust Your Performance. During her first ever podcast, she shares her story of becoming who she is, a chiropractor and acupuncturist, how she came from a family lineage of chiropractors, including her father, grandfather, and uncle, and lastly, the highs and lows of owning your own business. To check out more from Allison, see her Instagram and Facebook pages at Adjust Your Performance, which will be linked in the show notes. And please be warned, there is quite a bit of explicit language in this episode. All right, guys, enjoy. This is the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast, aimed at helping you live an active and healthy life in and around Somerset and Union County, New Jersey. This podcast is brought to you by Strive to Move, located in Warren and Berkeley Heights. Strive to Move helped active adults in New Jersey get back to doing what they love pain-free. All right, we are live with another episode of the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast. I have a very, very special guest on today, Dr. <laughs> Allison Heffron, who, how nervous, zero to 10 are you right now? It went from zero to 10 As right soon as now. we started recording? <laughs> yeah. Good. Just remember, we only do one take. So if you screw up, it's going to be in here That's for the fun. world to see. All here. right. 100% see and hear. Exactly. See, you're already correcting me. I know this is going to go well. So as you asked before, who leads the conversation? Just to make you more nervous, I'm going to allow you to lead. No, I'm just kidding. I will lead the conversation. Don't worry. You just have to answer questions. Cool. All right. So... Dr. Allison, you just two months ago now opened your own practice, Adjust Your Performance, so that is awesome. Congrats. Mazel tov on that. <laughs> Thank you. From a Jew to another Jew. Exactly. <laughs> Got to give you the right props here. So let's take it back, though, because I tell people when you told me this story, and I think it's super interesting, you come from a long line of chiropractors, right? Your grandfather? Yeah, my grandfather. Tell me about... Your grand and people won't. And when I tell them this, like, wow, wow, and even I think about it too. So your grandfather and grandmother, right, were in this back in the day when it was like illegal. Tell, tell us that story. So yeah, my grandfather, he was practicing in the '60s, and he actually got arrested for taking blood pressure, which is such a ridiculous thought. Like, what the fuck? Why would you be arrested for blood pressure? And uh, my grandmother, Nana, <laughs> she. Uh, she actually just, she went to Albany with a lot of the other chiropractic wives to lobby for chiropractic um, to get legislature for it in the state of New York. So was it the, the was it not, tell me, was it not legal, the blood pressure thing? Was the legislature, talk to me about that. At this point, you know, we do still have our battles as chiropractors, though, I'm not getting arrested tomorrow for practicing. What was it like? What, is this the 50s or 60s? It's true. Is it the, what is the 60s? The 60s, yeah. Tell me about the, what was the, what was the deal? It was um, just illegal to do well, it at all? It was, it wasn't illegal to, it, there wasn't licensure. I don't think that there was licensure in the state of New York yet or something. I, I could be totally off, but like chiropractors could not take blood pressure. That was illegal. Like he was not allowed to do that. He was not considered a medical physician, which, you know, we're not medical physicians, but today we're considered a primary care. Right. Um, and so it's a wild thought to think that um, 
that you could get arrested for taking blood pressure, which is like a safety thing. It's like sure. a vital, yeah. And, and, and he then, learned it in school, I'd imagine. He's not just randomly doing yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that he was just guessing with like, <laughs> oh, I put the cuff here. Yeah. Um, and then my grandmother, yeah, she, so I think that she was lobbying, getting legislature and licensure in the state of New York. And there was like a bunch of women doing it. It wasn't any of the chiropractor men themselves. It was mm -hmm. all the wives. Mm -hmm. And so they were, it's pretty cool because they were kind of like the powerhouse. Yay, women. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> and I, we didn't start, but we will mention you are not only a chiropractor, but you're a licensed acupuncturist, which we will get into though. Next generation, your dad, right? Yes. So talk to me about that. So my dad graduated in 80, yeah, 1980 from the same school that you and I actually graduated from. Um, at the time, it was just in Long Island. Um, and he has his own practice that he's had. So he graduated. He actually, it's interesting because he didn't go to like full undergrad. He got an, an associate's degree and then went off to chiropractic college. So he was practicing by the time he was 21, wow. which is insane. Like, I, I can't. And not only that, but he went into my grandfather's practice and then my grandfather broke his leg. So he had to stop practicing and my dad had to run the practice. And then during that time, my dad also opened up his own practice mm -hmm. right at like the ripe age of 21 or 22 at that time. So he's been now, I know he's, I think getting towards retirement has retired 40 years in practice. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. And so he actually, what's cool is like, so my grandfather back in the day, like, and this still exists, is there's a lot of chiropractors that are considered like straight edge and they just think of adjusting the spine and that's it. And my dad's philosophy was still the idea that chiropractors are responsible for just adjusting and taking care of like the nervous system that's within the spine and everything like that. And um, it can affect the whole body. But he also um, had a multidisciplinary practice. So at least he evolved with the times and he had PT. He's had neurologists in his office. He has pain management and things like that. And then my uncle is also a chiropractor and he's a little bit more of a mix of like straight edge multi-disc. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting because you kind of what you're talking about, you know, mm -hmm. in our profession, a lot of people say there's still a lot of infighting in that people like you and I, who, you know, we've, I, I wouldn't say we've integrated with the, we still believe in conservative care mm -hmm. though. It's not just crack your back it's we believe in rehab and soft tissue work and even now you have a license in acupuncture though there are chiropractors that believe that you come in you get your spine adjusted and that's going to be the only thing and so as you're talking about with your dad what do you think it was that he saw from back in the day so to speak that maybe there's more to it than this um i never really asked him that question that's actually something that i should ask um but I'm not sure because like his philosophy is still very like, quote unquote, subluxation based. Yes. And so um, I don't really, I don't know, but it's, it's funny because when I wanted to go to chiropractic college, he actually tried to talk me out of it. Mm -hmm. He wanted me to like look at OT or something like Why? that. 
just because the business aspect of it was not the same as when he was building it. Like so, it's a lot harder now with regards to dealing with like bullshit insurance right. and stuff like that. So they call it the Mercedes eighties for a reason, right? Yeah. So the chiropractors there who your dad is probably is literally the last of it, right? People that started practicing in the eighties, it was a different world. It was they they joke it's called the Mercedes eighties for chiropractors. It yeah. was much easier to get started with healthcare insurance and co-pays and whatever that the reimbursement which people will be shocked was a lot of times even better back then yeah. than it is 40 years later which makes zero sense as is though uh, you know so for him to like kind of protect his daughter be like hey this isn't what it used to be right yeah. not at all yeah and and it's funny because then when i was in school and i was developing cuz you know i I, I, he took me to some like meetings and stuff with other like more straight Kairos before I even got into school and introduced me to that like more hardcore chiropractic philosophy, like chiropractic. Sure. And, um, and it always felt like it was, it was interesting, but it always felt like something was missing for me. And then when I went to NYCC, which is a very evidence-based school, and I was introduced to like the rehab um, club and Mopal and all that stuff, um, it just like widened my horizons with yeah. it. And I, you know, I, I definitely had conversations with my dad of what my ideas of practicing were like. And there was total disagreement. Sure. And then he actually, I never wanted to work for him getting out of school, but him being my dad, he wanted to offer me a great offer that I wouldn't get with any other practice with regards to finance. Sure. And, uh, and clearly it was a terrible choice. <laughs> I didn't even last a year there. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't even working with me side by side because he was like partially retired, retired kind yeah. of, and he had associates there. But our philosophies just didn't, align. they didn't align. And I tried really hard to make mine align and it just was missing the whole time. Yeah. And so, yeah. Which is a, a credit to you that you would say, well, first of all, you would think with that, like, and I know you have a good relationship with them now, which is, you said like we got, our relationship got better as soon as I quit type thing. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's a kind of a mature thing to be able to A, walk away from financially probably yeah. a better opportunity. I don't know. Then you got after that though, it's your dad, right? And you kind of feel like I got to stay here, but you didn't, which is, which is a credit to you for everyone's sake. It seems yeah. like, um, the just for our audience because we have some you know clinicians that that listen and we still and we have some of our patient type population that listen you know and you and i can kind of uh you know talk about this at length but when people come to us you know in our practice because they still think more of like your dad is what a chiropractor is where you know you go and you get adjusted and you know maybe they do some stim or and if, but if you need pt you go somewhere else if you need whatever you go somewhere else where know for us we look at it and say I think you said it great there like there was just something missing in just the adjusting and it's not that adjusting is bad it's not that the chiropractic piece of it is wrong it's that you know when people come to us at the end of the day people come to see us to get an outcome and mm -hmm. we our job within our scope I believe is to do whatever is in our skill set to get an outcome and I think that you know what we realized early on I had the same experience as you did was that there were other things that we needed to be able to do, whether it was more of a rehab setting or more of even a strength training component that had to be done for the patients that we 
wanted to be able to work with or the patients that would be attractive to us. And, and again, you know, it's not to say that it goes the other way too. There are physical therapists that are doing quote unquote manipulations and adjustments credit to them because they see that it's super valuable, right? Mm -hmm. They see that it's valuable. Just like for us as chiropractors, we do, again, I'll use it in quotes. We are not physical therapists, but we do rehab and physical therapy like modalities that you would get at maybe a physical therapist. And I would argue, and again, we believe in our product that we do that better than most physical therapists because it is individualized. It is customized to their needs. And, you know, we'll get, I know you do too, a lot of patients that will come in from the regular physical therapist, Mm -hmm. from the regular PT, because they didn't get the outcome that they wanted. So I think that it's important to let our audience know that, you know, it's still a game that we have to explore and and speak to people about because they don't always really understand, are you a chiropractor? Are you a PT? Like, I don't, you know, what's going on here? So I think that's, that's a really, really interesting point. Now, once you finished working with your dad, you went to a big multidisciplinary practice, which which had, and I've never worked in that type of setting. When we say multidisciplinary, chiropractors, physical therapists, acupuncturists, functional medicine, neurology, primary, so many different aspects of it. And I can tell that just from talking to you that um, there's a lot that you learn and the ability to have many people manage one case. Talk to me about your experience in a practice like that. And you know, what were some of maybe the positives or even some of the negatives, just again, so we can educate people on, on what that is. Yeah, so um, that last clinic that I was in was is it was huge. Um, so they consider it what's called an integrative clinic. So it's a little bit different from multidisciplinary in that the sense of multidisciplinary kind of gives um, it, it's not as um, like the communication isn't as good as it would be in an integrative facility. So um, that was like their idea at least. Um, and so I worked alongside a couple of chiropractors, um, a handful of physical therapists, functional medicine was a really, really big part of that practice. And that was something that I fell in love with. Um, I wish that I knew more, um, but I worked alongside this really great functional, um, nutritionist who like what I learned from her was just and I already had a sense of this, but I really got a lot more out of it, is how incredibly powerful addressing the gut is. Um, And from an acupuncture standpoint, especially patients who would come in with autoimmune disease or just um, any sort of weird gut issues, like, I don't know, consistent nausea, weird bowel movements, things like that, Acupuncture can be helpful, but one, I don't do herbs, so that's not going to, the needles themselves aren't going to do enough with uh, fixing what's going on with the gut bacteria. And so being able to refer back and forth for that nutrition component was really amazing. I did a lot of patients that were, that needed help with fertility, actually. Um, I would always refer them to the functional nutritionist um, because they, the difference between the, that type of nutrition versus like a regular dietitian or even just a regular, not regular, but like a specialist in um, fertility or anything like that, or even thyroid, the blood markers that they take are just 
they're usually not as thorough. And then also like in functional nutrition, they're looking at stool samples, hair samples, micronutrients. It's just so incredibly in depth. And it's kind of like the way that you and I practice where we're looking for the root cause of what's going on, what's generating these issues. That's what they're doing. Um, the other awesome thing about working in that clinic was I loved working along, alongside a pain management specialist. He was, um, he is an anesthesiologist. And so he, he knew his shit and he was also super conservative, which I loved. And he was a big fan of the type of chiropractic care that we gave and physical therapy that was offered. Um, so having that type of approach was really helpful for the severely acute patients that like would jump off the table and you couldn't even examine them. Um, and then just to co-manage them, he also did a lot of regenerative medicine, like stem cell, PRP, ozone therapy. Like those were really awesome. That's like the future of medicine. And so, um, it was really great to work in that team. There was also Pilates in there, which was helpful with, um, kind of, further bridging the gap between people and their rehab and getting back into more strengthening stuff. So I I definitely got a lot out of being in there. That's awesome. The negative of being in there was it was almost, and this could be just the place I was in, not necessarily all clinics that are this large, but there was for a place that really wanted to be quote unquote integrative and define it as communication between providers and being able to really oversee your care in every aspect, the communication was a mess. Mm -hmm. And it was like the wheels, it was like the cogs of the the wheels or whatever, they were just never lining up. It was just, everything just seemed like it was a mess. And also, you know, the, it, I, I didn't I didn't like the way that the place was run. It felt like the providers who were really the heart and soul of the um, office, we were dismissed in that we weren't respected the way that we should be. And I, I think you know the important part here again for our audience is not to say that all like you said, not all integrative places are bad, but it's just important for the you know unfortunately or fortunately, healthcare is a business, right? And so, you know, for us at this point, we run a, you know, the opposite of the big group practice. It's a very small, very intimate, you know, very one-on-one. And I think what's most important is that our patients, that they have to understand as consumers what they're getting, right? Like, you know, if you call the local hospital group here, like Summit Medical, um, I can tell you my cousin is a physician for, for, he got bought out by a big hospital group. And once he got bought out, they told him, hey, like, no, no, you don't have patients anymore. Like, we assign them to who we want. Because <laughs> in their in their world, like, if he, when he retires, they don't want the, the patients to leave, right? And that's the reality of the situation. Again, I always say it's not good or bad, it just is. Right. In our world, <laughs> kind of what we built our practice on, and we'll talk about, you know, your new venture and, and you know, what, what's going on with that, that that's not the case. Like right now, they're coming in and they're seeing Doctor Al. Like you're 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 it, right? So you know their case. You know their kid. Like you know everything about them. The communication because you can't miss communication because it's just you. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, if people are looking for that individualized someone that's going to spend. 30, 40 minutes, an hour with them, you know, spend that time on the phone with them, you know, be able to send email and then what you're not going to get at some of the big groups, that's what, you know, that's what you're paying for. That's what you're, you're going for versus the other, which again is not bad. It just is what it is. Right. So I think that that's super important because again, there, there, there's nothing, there's nothing 
to say there's no negative in it. It's just that some people want that. I know people that, you know, will go on some of the forums and they'll say, does anyone know of an endocrinologist that's in Summit Medical Group? And, like, that's what they're looking for. And that's right. cool. But that's well, not for everybody. Just to kind of, like, go off of that at, at, um, at that place that I worked in, it's like they consider themselves, like, concierge in a way. But I feel like what you and I offer is more concierge sure. than that yeah. because it's like – I've always wanted to, one thing that felt like it was missing in that type of environment, and my husband, uh, Vinny, who's also, you know, you know, he's a chiropractor. Of course, why not? Your dog's <laughs> going to be a chiropractor. <laughs> so, um, he, you know, he worked, he worked for the same provider that you used to work for, and he would always have, like, these great interactions with patients and great referral relationships and stuff like that. And it always seemed like he was a part of a community with his patients. Yeah. And that was something that my dad had in his office, but I never really fit into his model. So I never really got to explore it or yeah. feel like I was a part of it. And at the big clinic I was at, I certainly didn't feel like I was a part of a community. I loved my patients, but like it was not referral based. And like I barely, you know, it just felt like that relationship was missing and what's nice is now that I've left it's really great to stay in touch with some of the patients that like they'll reach out to me to see how I'm doing and it makes me realize like oh I, I kind of had that community but not to the extent that I already feel like I'm in only two months into my own endeavor and, and let's let's go into that the component that we haven't talked about uh, is the acupuncture right so mm -hmm. I always tell people I was not a, I, I was a hardworking student, but I was not a great student. So you did a dual degree program. You went to chiropractic school like I did and got a degree. And you also at the same time did acupuncture, which obviously means you're way smarter than I am. So congrats on <laughs> <doubt> that, that. <laughs> um, because there's zero chance that I would have survived if I did what you did. But where did that even come into play? Did you know going to chiropractic school, you were going to get a whole another a whole another degree at the same time? Um, this is actually funny because if, if you asked me when I was younger, what did I want to be? I wanted to be a chiropractor and I had an experience with acupuncture and I fucking hated it. I was like in high school and my dad had an acupuncturist in his office and I needed to get treated for allergies. And now I know exactly what points she was using and they were a hundred percent the right points that I would use today. But they were in my face and in my hands, and it felt miserable. I hated it, and because and it's funny because now as a provider, like when I get little kids or high schoolers, it's like I know that they're gonna hate this. Um, but then when I got to when I interviewed at NYCC and found out that they had an acupuncture program, I got really piqued by the, like my interest was piqued by that idea. Um, I don't know why either because I again I didn't like the experience but I thought it was really interesting and they don't allow first-year students to do both which having experienced what it's like to do both I can understand why because it was definitely hell um, and for the year that I was there just in Cairo I made sure to get consistent treatment and acupuncture because I wanted to try it and then I fell in love with it and I always asked questions of like, why are you looking at my tongue? What do you feel? All this stuff. And I felt so much relief from it. And um, yeah, I, I, when it got to the time of making the decision of adding that degree on, 
I was like, there's no way in hell I will graduate and then go back to school. So if I don't try it now, then I'm never going to. So I figured at least I could commit to trying it for a trimester. And then it was like, it was so hard, but so fascinating. And I already felt like, well, I'm in this deep. I got to keep going. And at this point, I already can't imagine not using it in my practice. And I'm so thrilled that I like continued even just through the And people, people ask, so you have just to go through it because there's a lot of different, you know, courses out there for dry needling and... But you have a doctorate of chiropractic and you have a, is it a master's? It a- it's a master's and then it's also a diplomate. In acupuncture, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so in the state, just so our audience know, in the state of New Jersey, uh, in certain states, depending on the state, as a chiropractor, you can go and get a certification not to do acupuncture, but to do what they call dry needling, which is which is different, though in New Jersey, in our scope of practice, for whatever reason, you can't. So even if I wanted to do some form of needling with a patient, me personally, I could not do it. You in New Jersey, because you have a completely separate degree, which again, not many people have, you have the unique ability to treat as a chiropractor and do all that involves the rehab and all of that plus this whole other side of it of acupuncture where it allows you to work with so many so many other options but so many other things that you can treat as well correct right and so yeah outside of like the legality stuff of it it's like it opens up my ability to diagnose even more so um as a chiropractor, it's very Western, so I'm looking at the musculoskeletal system. Tell me, because again, some of our Eastern versus Western, and I've asked you this question before, mm-hmm. chiropractic, Western, Eastern medicine, acupuncture, what does that even mean? So with Western medicine, it's more just like every, you know, every Western hemisphere person has experienced Western medicine where it's... Um, I don't know, like go to the doctor, go to the doctor, like in our world, it's like go to the doctor, you have a hamstring problem and you get either, hopefully they do some rehab or whatever, Mm -hmm. or, you know, you got go to the doctor and I think in a better example, Western medicine, you go to the doctor and have, uh, you know, a strep throat and you kind of get the pill and you go home and you take it and then in a couple of days you're better where Eastern medicine, how would you describe it? So so even further into what you were saying about Western is like, you know, even going to us, like we look at it very Western, like, oh, this muscle, something's going on in this joint or this muscle. Let's look for where it is originating from within the joints and muscles or, you know, nerve impingement sure. or whatever. But then when we start to think of Eastern, there's it's much more theoretical. There's a lot more theory that's in it. So yes, we do still look at the musculoskeletal system, but now we're starting to integrate organ theory and um, things that you would never think of, like in Chinese medicine, really tight, like um, stringy, just like dehydrated feeling muscle tissue. Like I would describe that as quote unquote livery. Like it feels like a liver issue Hmm. and it's like, and I, and I don't know what you're talking about when you <laughs> right, say exactly. that. Because I didn't learn that. Right. And so it's funny. So like Western, there's so much science to back up what we are talking about. And I'm not saying that in Eastern there's no science because we do. There is a lot of research behind Eastern theory like acupuncture, medicine, and stuff like that. 
Um, and acupuncture in itself, like if you ever hear the term channel or meridian, those aren't like magical things that were just thought of. It's actually all based off of connective tissue, like anatomy trains. So connective tissue pathways, blood vessel pathways, nerve pathways, all of those, it, like, it was based off of human dissections. So they're not... Um, it's not all theory. A lot of it is based in science, but um, but yes, there is a really heavy theoretical component to it. How do you, as a as a someone who lives in both worlds, you know the Western and Eastern philosophy in your brain, go about that in sense of, uh, you know, there's part of it. It like might be diametrically opposed. Whereas you know, I might look at a hamstring, as you said, and might look at the glutes and look at the attachment sites where you not only will do that, but now you have this whole other way of thinking about mm -hmm. it. And how do you balance the two and manage it? Um, I, it's hard to explain. It's kind of just like constant thought processes. Like I, um, for the most part, when I get a musculoskeletal patient come into my office, I immediately look at it as a Western case, but then I will also include in the acupuncture treatment points that I know that can influence the suppleness of tissue or bone or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but then if there's a case where it's a complex case, they have autoimmune disease and they have hamstring pain or knee pain or whatever, then I'm looking at it as more of Eastern. Got it. Then it's like, I can work locally, uh, you know, in the injured or f injured feeling area, the inflamed area, but like, it's most likely not going to change much until they look at gut and also uh, addressing just like the acupuncture type of um, uh, side of it. So you see, obviously similar patients that to us that have neck and elbow and back pain when we talk about maybe the other side from an eastern or autoimmune what are things that patients if they're out there that have x y and z could come to you for that you could be super helpful with you know outside of the back pain and the knee pain. so i get a lot of patients with stress anxiety things like that how does that even insomnia. work so it's <laughs> Because the way that the way that I typically describe acupuncture um, is, your body doesn't recognize the needles, and so it, it as its own, so it immediately is going to send fresh red blood into that area. Like it's an inflammatory response, just like what we do with soft tissue work and stuff like that. It's just a healing process, yeah. um, and then on top of that, you you. You have to kind of understand that where blood flow goes, nerve flow follows, and all of that really influences hormonal balance and imbalance and stuff like that. And so if you think of it as just that, where it's blood flow and nerve flow, it's just your body, you're opening up communication pathways in your body. You're just influencing your body to do what it should be doing. Yeah. So um, like with stress and anxiety and things like that, there are plenty of points that you can use that like are really circulatory and will immediately make your body feel like it's kind of sinking into the table and relaxing, something that you don't really feel without needles. Sure. Um, but it's just like our, like a Cairo PT type of treatment, it's a cumulative 
process. Sure. So it's not like, oh, you get acupuncture once, your stress all goes away. Right. And of course, there's always way more components like, are you in talk therapy? Things like sure, that. Yeah, yeah. But this is just another way to help manage it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So stress, anxiety, and then and um, what are some of Maybe what's your favorite? like cases that you like to see. I know you don't like to see pregnancy. So if you're pregnant or you're trying to get pregnant, even though acupuncturists do treat that. Don't see me. Don't, don't go to Allison. Just go to somebody else. I'm terrified of all you pregnant people. I was going to say, her quote is, pregnant, pregnant people scare me. So what is your, another, so stress, anxiety, but something else that I wouldn't treat that you would? Um, I like, I... It's funny because I really do like to treat gut issues, but again, I love it in the combination of addressing nutrition. Like you just can't, there's, it's not a realistic expectation for you to be able to address a gut bacterial imbalance with just needling. Like that's heavily a, uh, a nutritional component. Sure. It's just, this can aid in your progress. Yeah. So like, if you think of it as if somebody has candida or, you know, for listeners who don't know what candida is like a yeast overgrowth. So if you have, yep. Candida, because you've mentioned to me, like you've people walked in and yeah. you say it as of, and as if like they knew they had candida, but what is it? How many people walk around and like the yeast overgrowth that have no clue? Oh, no, no. I wasn't. When we talked about it, people don't know. That's what I'm have, saying. Yeah, so they don't know. It's not like they came to the doctor and the doctor's like, yeah, you have candida. Like they walk around with something like that for God knows how yeah, long. Yeah, you have no idea. And the crazy thing is, is just like you'll have weird symptoms that you would never connect with this. But like if I, so for the example that I gave you the other day is like I'll look at somebody's tongue and it's like white or yellow and white and it has like a thicker fur, immediately I'm thinking, okay, you definitely have like a candida yeast issue yeah. at the very least. Mm -hmm. Then I, you know, I meet people who, if I look at their tongue and they're experiencing all these weird gut related issues, but their tongue is not coated that way, I start to think more uh, SIBO, so small intestine bacterial overgrowth. So those types of things, like if you're addressing it with a functional nutritionist or an integrative medical practitioner, um, that's going to be great. But that process, you're going to see so much die off in your body that releases so many toxins that you're going to feel like absolute shit. Like I've done it before and I felt terrible, felt like I had dementia. Hmm. Um, but acupuncture can be really powerful and at least aiding in you in that process so that you don't feel as terrible like mm -hmm. you can feel like you're way more functional right. and also make the die off quicker right. so that way you're not so debilitated by it well, that definitely makes a ton of sense i want to shift gears so you opened adjust your performance july 1st is that was that kind of the first day of the new the new no 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 uh yeah july so, 6th july, july 6th, 6th. Yeah. so we're at the time of this recording like a little two mount two months in so to speak and i like to talk about this a podcast that i think will come out before this was with my college roommate who's an orthodontist and you know i also like to you know i like business in general but business with healthcare providers that you know almost now the easy part is treating the patients and doing all the stuff we just did but there's something to be said for opening up your own and having to be a business owner right now. So what's that experience been like? You know, how, how has it gone so far? What are, what 
what would what weren't you expecting and you know just talk our audience through that just because i think some of some whether they are healthcare providers listening and they'll understand what you're going through or some of them are general patients that you know might just see us to treat their injury but don't really think of it as like oh there's a whole another component to this so right. how has that been um it's been a lot of fun because this is what i've always wanted to do like i am a control freak and so it's been a lot of fun that i get to actually have ownership over my own thing and i've learned a lot from previous experiences of what i don't want to be as a business owner and what i don't like in um, a business side of practice and so it's been great um, and like having you as somebody to help guide me has been really, really helpful in just critical thinking as a business owner, something that like you've just opened my eyes to ways of thinking that I didn't, I never thought of. It was just not something introduced to me before. Um, it's been overwhelming, but not in a bad way. It's been great. Um, I would say the overwhelming stuff is more just like how many hats I have to wear. Um, clinically, like you said, that's the easy part. But then there was like a week where I felt like I wasn't the best clinician that I could be because I was so overwhelmed with like the admin stuff or the social media stuff. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm realizing like a couple of things that I know I'm going to kind of Outsource. Yeah, outsource. Um, because I feel like there's such a, like we've talked about, there are better uses of your time. Mm -hmm. And I know that those things are not great uses of my time. They're essential for my practice, but I don't need to be doing them. Sure. And so, like, you know, every practitioner has to take notes, which is annoying, but it's something to do. And it's, it's not hard. It's just time consuming. But doing the billing is something that's been a pain. Sure. And uh, and then doing if I just had to do clinical work and billing, that'd be one thing. But I have to do clinical work, billing, social media, email campaigns, things like that. And that's when it started to become too much. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like it was weird because I'm t I'm the type of person who I can remember like all my patients' names and know exactly what's going on with them after the first time I see them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've been forgetting because there's so much stuff going on and luckily I do take notes so they're there to remind me. But um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it's been. But it's been great because despite the pandemic, people need care and it's been, I'm so fortunate that I get to be on such an awesome growth-minded team in the Game Changer Gym mm -hmm. where I work out of. Mm -hmm and they appreciate the type of service that I offer. And so they've been referring a ton of clients to me and those clients who became patients, I've already seen some of them, been like they value it so much that they wanna send loved ones to me. And that's just been, that's been the community that I've been looking for and it's been so great. Mm -hmm. And I, I, love every, I love every day going to work, which is so weird because I've never did before. Sure, no, that's, um, that's a good explanation of it and it sounds like it's, it's going in the right direction. What, um, was there, is there one thing you're like, wow, I wasn't expecting this, good or bad? Um, I wasn't expecting for it to get as busy as fast, to be honest. Um, I'm sure there are things that I wasn't expecting 
that I just can't wrap my head around right now yeah. because I feel like every day it's like something new. Sure. Like it's just, oh, I wasn't expecting that I had to, like the email campaigns. I wasn't even expecting that. Right. I wasn't expecting how annoying it would be to like, oh, I have to remember to get like pictures of insurance cards. Sure. <laughs> it's like yeah. small things that yeah. I wasn't expecting that have been a thing. And just for our audience that might not be in the medical profession, something that I tell a lot of people about, we talked about like the rise of like a summit medical group or Hackensack or all these big hospital groups and essentially I believe the reason why they've become so popular is exactly for what you're talking about right (laughs) doctors go to school to become doctors and when you own a practice whether you're an orthopedist or acupuncturist or physiatrist or whatever you have to do the minutiae right unless you hire someone else to do it but usually when you're starting you have to do everything yourself so you go to school for god knows how long to learn and help people and then you're you know taking the garbage out and you're uh you know you're putting a billing thing through hipaa like all this crazy stuff and you're writing an email and you're doing this you're like oh my god i didn't sign up for this so as as you said before you know these are things that they might want to outsource. I believe like some of these big hospital groups have done well because they've said, hey, listen, I understand Dr. Smith that like you don't want to have to hire and fire people and you don't want to have to you know, worry about payroll and you don't have to do X, Y, and Z. And you won't have to apply for the PPP loan during this. They didn't know it was going to happen, but you get mm-hmm. my point. And they said, let us do that for you. You just go and be a doctor. Yeah, and I can understand where the appeal is for some people. Before I left my last office, there was a chiropractor that came in as an associate and she was a business owner before. She owned her own gym and she told me, she was like, I never want to own my own business again. Mm-hmm. And like having had worked with her for a little bit, I was like, okay, I can see why you, <laughs> why you never wanted to own a business. Yeah. But, um, but I... All I ever wanted was to run my own business. And so like the experience, even like not once throughout this process, even though it's overwhelming at certain times, not once have I thought this isn't what I signed up for. Sure. This was exactly what I wanted. I wanted to know everything about my business. I wanted to be able to do everything and make the decisions of what needs to be outsourced, what doesn't, and have control. Because like I said, I am a control freak. My husband, I've worked very hard not to be that bad with him. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, No, I think that's, it's an interesting journey and it's fun watching you go through it and you're doing fantastic, which goes without saying. Um, Okay, so I have some questions for you. This is a new the, part of the were show. No, there were no other questions? There were no other questions. <laughs> there haven't been questions, no questions leading up to this point? <laughs> These may or may not be related to anything that we're talking okay, about. Okay, I heard... Uh, no, please, please, that listen. <laughs> listen, he already ruined it. I had questions for all of us, and he's telling you the answers already. <laughs> all right, so in the past, let's call it six months, what's one thing that you've implemented to improve your own health? Oh, man. Oh, I have done so much more mobility. It has been probably the best thing I've done for myself in a long time. I have a thoracic disc herniation, which fucking sucks. It was the reason, it was a huge reason why I stopped competing in weightlifting. And um, the mobility, I feel like I'm only 31, but I feel younger. I feel like I'm young again. Oh, <laughs> like I felt really old. What, what was the impetus? Were you just constantly in pain where you started to do the mobility? And the reason why I ask is because, you know, the 
you and I, and we do it with people all day, but you know, it's often hard to kind of take care of yourself. What mm-hmm. was it that finally got you? You obviously knew that you needed to do mobility well before you started doing it. What was it that finally made you start to take it more seriously? Um, the pandemic. It was like, I always knew I needed to do it and I've tried to implement it in the past, but during the pandemic, when Vin and I couldn't go to a gym anymore, it like allowed us to step back and use our home like setup that we have, which is just a bunch of kettlebells, some steel maces and clubs and stuff. And we started with some yoga and then there's a company called Onnit and um, the Onnit system, they put out their own workout programs. And so while we were home during the stay at home or stay in place or whatever, um, we purchased, they were on sale, which was even better. We purchased a, a few of their programs, and the first one was a bodyweight one. And that was like, yeah, we should work on our foundation because we've just been lifting weights for years. We should probably work on bodyweight. And they start and end every workout with a really like a 20-minute mobility. Mm-hmm. And then they also include two days of yoga a week. And so following like a routine program was what really got me into it. Mm -hmm. And now, like last week, I felt kind of run down, so I didn't work out at all, which meant that I wasn't doing the program mobility either. And I was like laying around a lot and I was just so uncomfortable. And then I was like, I, I have enough energy to, to do like a five minute yoga flow on my own or something. And I felt so much better. And then like yesterday I did a full, uh, two days ago I did a full yoga, felt incredible. Yesterday I did like a foam rolling series, which I never thought I would ever do or tell somebody to do, Mm -hmm. which was amazing. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, once I started to see the benefit of it, and I started, I do my own self measurements of seeing how I can sit in a third world squat. Mm I was watching a video of myself yesterday that I had sent to Todd Baumgartner mm-hmm. for what, when he was doing strength action. It was like embarrassing how bad I was years yeah. ago. And I can do a great one now. Mm-hmm. And so it's just that positive feedback. It's like you, once you start doing it and you see how much better you feel and then how much worse you feel without it. Yeah. Yeah. It, That's good. It added to that cycle. So transitioning from something good for you to something bad for you. Uh, we've <laughs> talked about this, but if you had to pick one dessert... What's your favorite dessert? Oh, my God. Can I say all of it? Uh, no, because that makes for a boring podcast. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I would say, like, if, if I could have, like, a dessert trio or something, I would have, like, well-done bacon. Well-done. Okay, well, yep. Like, real good bacon. Yeah, for dessert. Okay. Got it. Depending, I might want something right, salty. Keep, keep going. I might have to call BS on no. this. No. Oh, no, keep going. And yeah. then I would really love like the most chocolatey chocolate brownie All right. ever. Like you, So you're a fudge brownie fan, not a cake brownie fan. Fuck cake brownie. It's fudge, fudge brownie. brownie. <laughs> Got it. Yep, okay. Um, and then 
I'm always a big fan of popcorn. So you would eat those three together? No, not necessarily. I might All just right, so like... So now you have to pick one because I thought we were going to get there. I thought you were say a combination of them. Well, the, the bacon on top of the brownie would okay, be Okay, I've never had that. That sounds legit. I made that one time. I think it's called a slutty brownie. It's like no. bacon. Yeah, that's not called a slutty brownie, but but it's like a slutty brownie is an Oreo cookie. with a yeah. cookie and a brownie. Two... See, I'm a big dessert guy. You gotta be but, simple. No, no, no. But I would rather have... I love all three, but I'd rather have them separate. Like, I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice by getting them all at the same time. Okay, wait. I just remembered donuts. Okay, what kind of donut from where? Okay, We've talked about this. So one place, donut, one donut. Donut plant. In New York City. In New York City. Yes. Has an incredible Dolce de Leche donut. That's it. That's your answer. You're going to go to the grave with that. Oh, man, but then I started thinking of the Holy Donut, and they have that dark chocolate sea salt. Mm. Can I just go with both? Nope. I'm going to go with You've the... You've five different okay, desserts. Okay, listen, everybody appreciates dessert, okay? So <laughs> Justin's frustrated. Okay, so I have my answer. Because I am gluten-free, yes. I am going to go with the Holy Donut chocolate sea salt donut because okay. they have a gluten-free option, and it's amazing. Got it. All right. Well, uh, I, Sorry, I, listeners. Yeah, you one. <laughs> Fine. Next food question. Since, we'll call it the pandemic. Wait, I need to interrupt this and let all the listeners know that Justin does not allow anybody to talk about food or dogs when we're in meetings. So it's amazing that he's asking these questions. Uh, it's not that I don't. And it really threw me off. Well, no, don't say that it's not that you don't. No, I, <laughs> the reason we talked about it, I, mean, I don't know whose podcast will get released first, but Ashton and I discussed this. Every single time, it was a cop-out of what you're grateful for. It was like, I'm grateful for, pizza. for rice <laughs> Cream noodles. Like, what? Ew. Dude, Rice I don't cream know. And it was a different food every time. Terrible idea. So we just had to get away from that. But I'm, but I'm obviously a foodie, which is, which is a problem. Um, okay, so since March, let's call it six months, pandemic, a lot of time at home. What's the best thing that you've cooked during that time? Braised pork belly tacos. Ashton said pork as well. Wow, we are a pork. Yeah. Braised pork. How'd you make the pork? Um, so we have a Lecrisset brazier because nice. we are fancy. fancy. Um, <clears throat> so I, we braise it in coconut aminos, honey. Keep going. Coconut aminos. Listen. That's such bougie stuff. Okay, keep it's going. It's for the, the, it's yeah, for sure. the paleo Just people. Care. Keep going. <laughs> um, I'd still put some like gluten-free soy sauce in it. Okay. Um, what else is in that? I can't remember what else is in it, but we, you know, you braise the pork belly and then you thicken the sauce. Mm -hmm. And then after the pork belly's braised, you dress it with that delicious molassesy. It's not really molasses, but that thicker sauce. Yeah. And then put that in some really good, either soft or hard shell. I'm a hard shell person. Of course. Yeah. Of course you would disagree. Yeah. Soft shell. What about like... Like the Taco Bell cheesy gordita crunch, where they would put the soft shell in the hard shell no, and glue I'm, it together I'm low with carb. cheese. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks, I'm low carb. <laughs> so uh, put it in whatever taco vessel you want, and then shred up ca purple cabbage, carrot, pineapple. Mm -hmm. Make a good good slaw there yeah and i make my own homemade mayonnaise mm. and then make it a sriracha mayonnaise nice. and then put some avocado on that bad boy i got it and that's been great that sounds delicious yeah i want some now yeah that sounds very very good okay final question the one that you knew about give your you know we know you're a dog person oh. 
I'm so excited that you're going to ask me about my dogs. I'm not asking about your dogs. Oh. First of all, well, I am. What's, the, what's your dog's name? Okay, so Baloo, like the Jungle Book bear. Okay. Not blue like the color. Yeah. And then Frankenstein. Okay, so then now if you had to pick a name for a dog and a child, what is that name? has to be for both. Okay. Because most likely you wouldn't name your kid Frankenstein. That might be a little... I mean, you might. That's a little weird. You know Betty and I. That's, we you would. You probably would. <laughs> We'd name them Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah, probably. What is a name, though, that would be appropriate for a dog and a child? Oh, man. Because you're not naming your dog Allison. Like, that's, like, weird. I mean, it's no, kind I of... Think that it's I, actually kind of funny, but it would no. be so weird that it's funny. I'm, like, really opposed to... The, and I'm, no offense to any listener that has, like, a dog named Matthew or, like, Ashley. <laughs> See, I, I was like... It's hilarious, No, I think, like, Mitch is a great name for both. Mitch. But, like... Oh, I ha- you know what's really sad is I have an extremely lengthy dog list, like a, a list of dog names that I'm so tempted to pull out now so yeah. that I can reference it. Yeah. Because some of them are human names. And I, what would be a great one? Helen. <laughs> <laughs> but I would feel so bad for the kid named Helen. That's horrendous. <laughs> so the dog too, it's terrible. <laughs> All of it is bad. Um, what would yours be? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'd have a dog anytime soon, so I don't have to worry about it. I'm not going to have a kid if anytime I had a dog, soon, it's, I don't it's have good to point. worry about it. I think it's, see, I think the more, like, human the dog name is, the more, it's, the more normal the dog name like is. Melissa? Like, <laughs> like, like, if you name your dog, name. if you name your dog Bob. Like, that's, that's a great name. I actually had a snake growing up named Bob. <laughs> what if you name, like, name your dog, like, Will? Like, Will. Hey, Will. Well, like... I mean, then you, like, Wilbur. But, like, Will. But just Will? That, it, like, it'd be hilarious, like, your dog's name's Will. Like, but... Richard. <laughs> <laughs> like, Richard. Richard, yeah, but I feel like people would do that. All right, we're going off the rails. You didn't come up with a good answer. Maybe next time we have you back, you'll pick one. <laughs> um, anything else that you want the audience to know about you? We didn't, oh, yeah, this is what they should know. Tell us where our audience can find you. So, my website is adjusterperformance.com. My Instagram handle is Adjust Your Performance. My Facebook is Adjust Your Performance. And then I am in Game Changer gym. in Springfield. Yep. Off Game of Changer Road, Fitness Gym. Yep. Off of Route 22. Yep. Uh, Route 22 going west. Um, 21 mm, East. Fe- no, it's west. It's east. You are right. It is east. I'm a Jersey boy. It's east. <laughs> I travel east and then turn to go. I mean, I travel west and then turn to go east. It's 22 eastbound on Fatim Road. Justin, and tell Game them Changer. where they can find me. <laughs> yeah. So you can find Dr. Allison within Game Changer Gym off of Route 22 going eastbound off of Fatim Road in Springfield, New Jersey. Where there's a Staples and a Tesla. That's where you turn yes, right. That's true. You yeah. cross through Diamond and Fatim. The first, in, uh, the first driveway to your left. There's an A sign for Game Changer. You go down that yes, driveway. That's I am true. Unit 12. Perfect. And you have an office within that gym, which we are super excited, and they've done an amazing job helping grow your practice. Dr. Allison, this was good. Well, you, how'd it go for you? Was it okay? Yeah, other than you um, just looking at me in the eyes while you talk to me. That's what I try <laughs> to do. Um, so that was good. You did good. We won't have to edit anything, but there were too many curses, so we might have to bleep those no, out. No, I'll bleep them. All right. We won't. <laughs> Alright, thanks guys. See ya. Bye.
Thank you for tuning in to the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast brought to you by Strive to Move. If your pain or injury is preventing you from living the healthy and active lifestyle you love and deserve and want to get back to doing what you love pain-free, we offer both a free ebook and free over-the-phone consultation to help you figure out the root cause of your pain and the best next steps to help resolve it. Find our ebooks online at strivetomove.com slash our services. There you'll find an ebook for topics on such things as back pain, knee pain, sports injuries, and CrossFit injuries. These ebooks will provide you with free expert advice, tips, and exercises to help solve your pain from the comfort of your own home. Just visit strivetomove.com slash our services to download your ebook and have it delivered directly to your inbox. We also offer free, no obligation phone consults with a doctor on staff to New Jersey residents. Just call us at 908-547-0729 or visit us at strivetomove.com and click the talk to the doctor first button on the homepage to schedule a call with us. Thanks again for joining us and we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast.